Welcome in. This is episode 12 of the 58 West King podcast. I am Tony Cosentino. Today we're sitting down with Nate Moliney, aka The Vinegar Strokes, to talk rookies, combine, and how many times Nate repped 225 today. I hope you enjoy. All right, Nate, how you doing? I'm good. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, did you limber up at all before we, we hopped on? I did a couple stretches, uh, mostly the glutes and the groin. Okay. Did you do some diaphragm exercises or something? Yes. Okay. I don't know what that means. I'm pretty sure it's a euphemism for something else, but. I don't even know what a diaphragm is. Yeah, we'll Google it I later. I think that's like birth control, right? <laughs> it might be. All right. So do you have an opinion on the show so far up to this point? I liked them. I liked them a lot. Um, I thought they were pretty beneficial. You can kind of get an insight into people's lives and, you know, what they're about. Uh, a couple good comments out of people. Uh, some pretty good shows. Okay. Any, any uh, tips for improving the show? I think it'd be cool to have uh, some of the podcasts with maybe three people uh, to start it out, expand it a little bit, and then, you know, we can move to four or something like that. And then mix and match, lump them in, you know, maybe the best parts would be a couple of people who know each other first, you know, and then kind of mix it in so we could rag on each other's groups from different areas. Okay. I can see that working out. I think deconflicting everyone's like time is probably the hardest, hardest part of this. So especially with like the East coast, West coast and some of the guys in the middle there. For sure. But all right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, kind of the rookies pre-draft talk. So the goal here is to highlight players that we believe uh, can make a fantasy impact this coming season. So some of the things we're going to cover are stats, uh, combine numbers, if they participated, and then we're probably, we'll probably overhype some players. So that's occupational hazard, right? I have one. I'm overhyping. Is he a Notre Dame player? Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the quarterbacks. Do you have any you want to bring up? So I know everybody's like all into Joe Burrow because he's going to be the number one overall pick. But I think a lot of like what I look at it, guys, are what systems or potential they're going to go into. So I particularly out of the entire draft class, I like a guy like Jake Fromm the best. Uh, especially okay. if you can get to a place um, like a New England, you know, somewhere in the second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see him on anyone's draft board for the first round, so he can go literally anywhere. That, that'd that be interesting. I know he's kind of like a your typical game manager. You know, his stats aren't all – they don't jump out at you. I actually looked at his yards per attempt, and he ranked 66 in college this last season, so 7.43. But, like, if you look at the NFL – that's kind of like right in the middle with like Jared Goff, Matt Ryan type guys. So I think, yeah, in the right system, he could definitely work out. He's just, he's smart. I, I've been watching him since that QB one show Trey recommended like years ago. So kind of, it's kind of cool seeing him go from that to, you know, playing in the NFL next year. Yeah. I watched that show too. And that's kind of where I fell in love with the dude. No homo, but he, <laughs> like out of all the people in there, he was like pretty level headed, right? He was, he was a lot more intelligent than a lot of the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. Breaking down films and stuff like that seemed like a pretty humble dude. Mm-hmm. But one thing about his stats too in Georgia is, you know, Georgia's a run first team. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just a running back factory. If you're looking back at guys like Gurley, Sony Michelle, Chubb, Chubb, mm-hmm. like it's just a running back factory, and that's what they primarily do. They're not real big on spreading the ball crazy. Uh, even when they played Notre Dame this last year, that's what ended up happening. It's like the way to beat Notre Dame was to pick on corners and they just ran it down their throat. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't have like the most spectacular arm strength, but he'll still challenge defenses every now and then. I don't know. From the game film I was watching, like he seems very calm and poised in the pocket. He makes good decisions. He can get past his first read. Um, so I said game manager and he rarely turns the ball over. So that'd be pretty yeah. cool to see him in like a New England type scheme where those things are valued. 
I think it'd be perfect in New England because they run a lot of that, you know, intermediate short. They don't have a lot of deep threat stuff. He obviously has more arm strength than Brady right now. Brady can't throw at 40 yards, but um, so the threat is there. Maybe it loosens it up or something like that here in a year or two. I agree. So anything else on Fromm? No. All right. So do you got a quarterback? I got a couple I can bring up. Why don't you go? So top of the list, obviously, is Burrow. So you said number one overall. So that puts him in Cincinnati. So what do you think about his fit in that scheme? I'm interested to see if they can pass block. So they have a pretty decent offensive line. It's not that great. But Joe Mixon was able to run the ball there. Mm-hmm. wonder if they could pass block. I don't think receivers matter too much. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can put them in space and you know figure out a scheme to put them into. But it would be interesting because the dude's got a cannon. He's got like a aura to him, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. an ego. So it would kind of be good to go into a place like that where it's kind of grungy and stuff like that. Yeah, humble him a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they can still lock down A.J. Green, and they got guys like Tate. I don't know if Ross is still there, but they have some they have some weapons there. And then you said Mixon in the backfield, so yeah. he can make some fantasy impact. That's kind of what we're, we're doing here is pointing out those guys who could make impact this coming season. All right, so next is Tua. I've seen him on mock drafts going to the Redskins at two. Uh, any thoughts there? Uh, I've seen him there at two, but then the concern, too, is like how much do they like Haskins, and they just drafted him last year, but Haskins is garbage, NFL garbage. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, you know, maybe they just go chase young at two and then the dolphins end up with him mm-hmm. at three, which might be a little bit better. I, I don't know. Like he seems small to me, but then again, you know, Drew Brees is small. Pat Mahomes is, I don't think he looks that big, you know, like the stature wise and stuff like that. Yeah. The top five or six quarterbacks to us, the, was the shortest at six foot. Dealing with the weather and stuff out there too, that, you know, he's pretty used to it with the Alabama stuff. I don't know how much weather really impacts NFL players. Working out in that Miami heat can be something. Yeah. Yeah, great numbers in college, obviously, playing for Alabama. He throws a good deep ball. He's patient in the pocket. He can see past his first read. I think the biggest thing with him going that early in the draft is just the durability. Yeah. That's probably his biggest concern. Uh, next one I have is Justin Herbert, Oregon. Mock drafts have him going to Miami, a couple that I saw at number five. Um, I know you said Tua, but this seems to be a guy, seems to be like a guy who's going to go early in the first round. Did you look into him at all? Yeah, and so that's the dude out of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some other things of him possibly getting to the Chargers, right? So if, you know, the Dolphins get to three there, grab Tua, and that's somebody that they like better, um, and Herbert ends up more than likely with the Chargers because Phil Rivers is getting old. But I don't know if he would play this year too much, uh, maybe in the latter half of the year. So, you know, something to keep an eye on later in the year of where they're going with Phil Rivers, if he's going to stay there a little bit longer or what. What did Phil Rivers leave? I think he moved. Like he moved his family to like Florida or something. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if they've made any moves yet. I don't know if free agency hasn't opened yet. Huh. I don't watch him play much though, so I will say that. Yeah, I watched a little bit of his film. So strong arm. Um, some of the concerns I saw was getting past his first read, so he would stare down, you know, one side of the field or one receiver. Um, and yeah, mock drafts. I had. I saw him going to Miami or to uh, San Diego, and like Jordan Love. Those two guys were like flipping in a few of the mock drafts I was pulling up. That's, I guess, the next guy we can talk about is Jordan Love out of Utah State. So any thoughts on him? I'm not real big on the guy. I just, I don't know what it is about like players and where they play at. I mean, Carson Wentz is probably like, he's decent, right? But, Mm -hmm. and he went to, I mean, he went to the biggest school in D2, but I think like the level of competition ends up having an impact on players too. Like when you see some of these other, like there's the rare quarterbacks that come out of, you know, whatever, Tony Romo came out of, I think, Northern Illinois or Eastern Illinois, Eastern Illinois or some crazy places like that. But I'd rather have 
like as far as like rostering a quarterback in fantasy, I'd rather usually rather have someone who's played in like big time football. Okay, I agree. That dude had 20 touchdowns and 17 interceptions this past year too. So playing in the Pac-12. I think he was like a hype child coming out from his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just like died off, but people still see this like the potential in a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look good at the combine, but you're just throwing at cones, right? There's no pressure. Everything's kind of relaxed. All right. Any other quarterbacks? No, that's it for me. All right. And speaking of quarterbacks, did you hear that Philip Rivers is rumored to go to Indy? Oh, shut up. For real? No, that's, I made that up. A uh, longtime listener wanted some reassurance because he's got T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> that's completely made up. I'm keeping that in there for him, but yeah, that's total bullshit all right so those are the quarterbacks let's go ahead and move on to the wide receivers this is all you what do you got i mean the first one i think out of the combine right is um dude jefferson right out of lsu lsu is just like a big wide receiver factory right now if you look back on players that have come out of lsu you know back to 2014 like they got pretty decent receivers right so odell beckham obviously everybody knows what he can do dj chart right everybody out of when he came out of LSU, everybody said he didn't have hands. Russell Gage, he's a contributor in Atlanta, but this dude Jefferson just has it all. And I think he's probably going to be the best wide receiver out of his entire class. He's quick, he's fast, good hands, long, wherever he ends up going. I think I've seen some places like the Giants, but I believe his combine stuff's going to boost him up. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him mid to late first. So again, I mean, he could go to like good teams where he's ready yeah. to produce like immediately. So I, I saw his in his stats, he's got a 91% catch rate or had that in 2019. Ridiculous. Yeah. He just doesn't drop anything. Mm-mm. Yeah. He's good at catching the ball in traffic. In addition to what you said, he goes up, he'll get the 50, 50 balls. And yeah, he's got absolutely great hands. Like, could you imagine a guy like that in like, like let's say like in the later end of the first round in like a Seattle, right. Where they want to run the ball, but now they got two big type of big wide receivers there or three, I guess, technically if they add him with Russell Wilson's efficiency, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Or if he gets to like 20, you know, 24 where the saints are and they don't take, you know, guys, you know, any other type of player. And you have mm-hmm. a guy like that with that scheme and everything they're trying to do. Cause they're really missing like a second wide receiver who mm-hmm. really be impactful. And their second wide receivers really just get kind of like the scraps because Michael Thomas, they're trying to get Michael Thomas records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be nasty. All right. Who you got next? Uh, next, Judy out of Bama. If you watch any like college football whatsoever and you see this dude, he's basically the Julio Jones factor, right? The guy can just grab everything. He's big too. Quick, kind of catches everything and he's only a junior. So the guy's like 21 years old and he just dominates all the college football. Yeah. Great 18, great 19 stats. He had a 25% target share this past season and got a 75% catch rate. So the efficiency is definitely there with him. Yeah. And they lost their quarterback too, right? So mm-hmm you know, that impacts it as well. Then I feel like in college football, like momentum and emotions are a lot more higher than in the NFL. So things like losing your quarterback in college football when you're a top-ranked team and you're supposed to compete for the national championship every year can Mm -hmm. affect everything around it. But the only problem I see is, like, I've seen him going, like, in this 11 to 13 range, right, where Mm -hmm. you got, like, Denver and the Raiders. (laughs) It's like, well, that's going to be a waste. So. Yep, I saw him going in the same area. All right, anything else on Judy? No, nothing else on Judy. Who's next? Well, let's get this guy out of TCU out of the way. I don't even know how to pronounce this. Is it Rieger or Rager, right? But Yeah, that sounds good. I have a Sometimes I have a hard time because I focus so much on like schemes and where players are. Like Big 12 wide receivers. I know there's guys who come out of the Big 12, but they run free. 
right? Mm-hmm. And they're not getting pressed by guys left and right. He had a bad combine. His shuttles were bad. His 40 was bad. And this guy was supposed to be like a 4-3 guy. Mm-hmm. He ran like a 4-7. But does that? I don't know how much that really matters. Everybody says Derrick Henry's slow. And he breaks 70 yarders every single game. So Yeah, he seems a lot faster than he looks. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Like, it seems kind of, I mean, I guess. But I'm not a guy who's interested. Yeah, I saw that he didn't have great quarterback play there. But he had great speed, quickness, elusiveness. Um, I saw like on screen passes, he'd get a lot of the time to follow his blocks really well. So he was pretty, pretty, pretty good out in the open field. I saw a couple comps having him as a, like a Christian Kirk type player. So I don't know where he's going. I didn't see him going in the first round, but. What I'm looking at right now is like the Jets in the mid second round. I'm I'm sure he would do great in an Adam Gase offense. Yeah. Adam (laughs) Gase hates players. So um, as long as he's not a diva, I guess. After that, probably look at Mims, right? He was probably like the the combine winner out of everybody wide receiver wise. Let's see what it is right here. He ran like a second fastest 40 time, right? Out of anybody. He has, he's pretty explosive. He gets off the ball quick. He's got a decent vertical, 38 inches, right? There's other guys who are actually like heavier and bigger than him that have mm-hmm. higher, but I don't know like vertical. I don't really care about guy can get open and he played really well at the senior bowl too. So Usually you see these guys who didn't have like a lot of stock and then they play in the senior bowl and they get some rep and then all of a sudden they explode in the combine and then it was like, Oh, what about this guy? Right. Yeah. Coming out of Baylor too, you know, they, they run pretty wide open and everything like that. You'll wonder how guys deal with bigger corners and more sophisticated defenses that aren't just trying to stop 60 yard bombs. Yeah. I saw he was 90th plus percentile in the 40, uh, the speed score, the burst score, and then his catch radius as well. I saw his comp was Chris Godwin. But again, I don't. I didn't see him in the first round. Did you? No. Yeah. So he can go anywhere. End of the second round, right around there. But he's gonna probably touch the first round now. Mm-hmm. What his combine was, he'll probably be on that back half of the first round. Yeah. Which is interesting. I, I like when the like the good like like when the top talent goes to good teams and they're not stuck on like a Bengals, Dolphins, or Redskins type team, right? Yeah. I like to see a guy like that go to the Niners. I think the Niners could really use a wide receiver right, that can take the top off and create separation right now. I don't know how much they trust Jimmy G, but when they throw the ball, it's all play-action slants. Mm-hmm. Every time they pass the ball, it's slants, right? Yeah. Get the ball down the field a little bit, you know, be able to go out of the gun more. That's not running formations. Mm-hmm. Um, spread it out. But. Yeah, that kind of stuff will help your run game, which is what they want to do. Who else you got? Uh, and my, my golden child would be uh, wide receiver – Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Not, I mean, the guy exploded in the combine too. I did watch this guy's stuff just because he, he's a Notre Damer. But the guy's literally like 240 pounds. He ran a 4.42, all right, which is nuts. And then he had a 40 and a half inch vertical. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen him play at Notre Dame. And the guy's 6.4. Yeah, he's huge. The only player who's done his combine stuff in the history of the NFL has been at that size has been Megatron. Mm-hmm. So the guy's dope. Is that who you're comparing him to? He's going to be Megatron. <laughs> as long as he can get somewhere decent, that can throw the <laughs> ball. But I don't, he's just huge. He's strong. He's physical. He can create separation. He can use his body really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Notre Dame didn't have really good quarterback play. It's more of play calling there. But when they run a lot of those back shoulders and stuff, he's able to like position his body really well. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things I really liked about him at Notre Dame. They didn't run him deep a lot, but all that 10 to 15 
20 yards right down the field and being able to cut and use his body to, as a barrier against the ball. Yeah. I think can bode really well in the NFL. Okay. All right. Honorable mentions probably for us, Ruggs, Higgins, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is interesting. I think just from hearing his name a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think he's like a top – he's one of the first rounders, isn't I he? I saw him in the mid-first round, yeah. Yeah. But I th- I think, too, with wide receivers is what I really try to look at is, like, where they're going to go and how do they fit. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're going to have a guy – put him in Minnesota, right, like a Chase Claypool, and it's like, okay, Thielen and Diggs both have to play on the slot. Like, that's their biggest problem in Minnesota, right? So how do they fit in, and then what do they do with it? Because yeah. most players – most teams aren't going to switch a whole scheme for a wide receiver. That's a good point. It's not just about talent and the numbers they put up in college. It Part of it is definitely the schemes they go to, um, whether or not they fit in those systems. So, yeah. All right. Anything else on wide receivers? No. Cool. Let's move to running backs. So I'll start. Uh, first one is DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. Yes. At the combine, he came in at 5'8 five, five, and a quarter, 212. Looking at his stats, I mean, you talked about the Georgia running game, and that is a thing. So 1,200 yards this past year, seven touchdowns. 2018, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. 2017. 600 yards, three touchdowns, even with Michelle and I think Chubb uh, there on that roster as well. And then another thing I noticed with him was he caught the ball. Um, Not a lot, but considering they don't throw that much, he got 24 catches this past year and then 32 uh, in 2018. So, you know, he has the potential to be kind of a three down back in the NFL um, if given the opportunity. And then another thing I looked at for for Swift was some of his big games uh, for 2019. And he, he did okay against Notre Dame. They got the W. He went 18 for 89 and a touchdown. And then against Auburn, they got the W again. He went 17 for 106. Uh, the combine, he was in the 83rd percentile uh, with the 4.4840. And then his speed score was in the 80th percentile. I saw a good acceleration, good hands, and then pretty good speed. Um, watching the game film, he had a pretty good ability to cut. Uh, he could get through contact, and then he could turn it up field and accelerate really well. So did you see anything else on Swift? I mean, he's projected to go right at that tail end of the first round, mm-hmm. right around the turn. It sucks because if the Chiefs can get that guy and they just say, hey, we're going to take a running back here, that really sucks for the rest of the NFL because then they don't need to rotate, right? Andy Reid really wants to have one solid back and not do rotations and stuff. That was their biggest problem when they brought Shady. Mm-hmm. So they just had too many people and they felt like they had to play them all. But any reason yeah. for it is for just having that back. one back. Yep. And then all you got to do is get the Georgia guy. All right. Next one I have is Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. So 5'10", 226. At the combine, he ran a 40 of 439. It's a 98th percentile. And then his speed score was in the 99th percentile. Uh, watching the film there, he cut the ball really well. He looked very fast, obviously. Um, watching game film, he was patient, had really good acceleration. He had really good open field speed. And he's able to get through that first contact pretty well. Uh, 2019 stat. 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, caught the ball 26 times. 2018, another 2,000-yard season, 2,200, 16 touchdowns. So I think Wisconsin is known for, like, their big offensive linemen and running backs or running games. So I don't think that's any surprise there. Anything to add on Taylor? I think, too, when you look at running backs, it's I like, I like to see – I mean, it's a common theme. I like to see where they come from, right? And when you get, like, these Big Ten running backs or these, you know, some of these SEC-style running backs that come from, like, Georgia – you know, something like that, or Ole Miss, or, you know, LSU, right? LSU's been putting them out left and right, too. Like, mm-hmm. guys, granted, he's been hurt, but, you know, when they had Jeremy Hill there and everything like that, their vision is a lot better 
because they're used to that pro style game as opposed to some of these spread offenses where it's so wide. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big key into it. That and pass blocking, whenever you're in those realms, like those guys are better, usually better pass blockers that come out of those pro style offenses in college. Mm -hmm. Agreed. This past season was crazy. He had games of 203, 186, 250, 204, 222, and 148. Uh, big games. He went 23 for 200 and two touchdowns against Michigan. They got a W. He had a bad game against Ohio State. Uh, 20 for 52. They got the loss, but then they bounced back. Uh, he had 20 for 148 and a touchdown in the second matchup. Again, was a loss, but definitely showed well there. Uh, anything else on Taylor before we move on? No. So last one I'll bring up is J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. So 5'10", 214 at the combine. All he did was bench press. Uh, we probably have enough game film on him, but I, I went ahead and rewatched some of it. For 2019, and the dude's not afraid of contact, right? He kind of seeks it. He can change directions fast. He has damn good acceleration. Uh, tough to catch in the open field. And then I think this is one of the guys who's with the other two, probably ready to contribute in uh, 2020. 2019 stats, 2,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, uh, 23 catches out of the backfield. 18 and 17 were in the 1,000 to 1,400 range, 10 and 7 touchdowns, respectively. What do you got on J.K. Dobbins? I think the dude is a freaking animal. Mm -hmm. And if he can get into somewhere that is dedicated to run the ball or can create, you know, whatever their, you know, a good zone blocking scheme or something like that, then the dude's going to do damage. It'd, it'd be really nice to see him go somewhere that has a decent passing game already, right? And then you get in, get a running back like that, and then it just kind of balances it all. So then it really ends up um, – opening up the wide receiver game too, or the tight end game. Like usually I like looking at running backs who are going to be able to make an impact and then focus on some tight ends in those, in those teams too, because that mm -hmm. play action and those tight ends over the middle really play a big factor into that. Uh, three down back potential with Dobbins. Definitely. I think he, he can pass block and that's all you really need to do to uh, pass catching. Cool. Right. I mean, most you want to be on the field on third downs. You want to be on the field and it's got to be pass blocking. So, you know, those guys who aren't afraid of contact and you having these big linebackers, DNs coming off the corner, right? You're able to pass block. You can stay on the field. Uh, any other running backs you want to bring up? Maybe a, maybe a Tony Jones at a Notre no. Dame? No? Okay. no. Are you sure? Don't take a – like <laughs> Notre Dame running backs aren't going to do crap. They run a shitty scheme and none of those guys know how to look. Like they just – I saw him on a couple websites. He didn't even have an ADP. He just was listed as prospect. I yeah. thought that was pretty funny. I don't know. Like Notre Dame's getting all these running backs coming out of high school. They got a guy, I think his name's David Tyree, coming out of Virginia this year. And the guy's blazing fast. He runs like a 4-3 or something like that. Mm -hmm. He ain't going to do shit. He's like one of the top-rated running backs. And it's like that guy should have went to Oregon or Baylor. All right. Any other players you want to bring up? No. But one thing, too, out of the combine is like, you know, you look at a lot of these guys who are fantasy impact players from what we're going to get points from. But some of the more interesting ones are like where offensive line men go to like fill a void, an immediate void, right? Mm -hmm. Especially in the running back game, like you get people that are hype about a rookie running back and stuff like that. And if you can get a decent running back, I mean, most running backs in the NFL are good, right? Everybody in the NFL is good. Mm -hmm. But you get someone who solidifies a line against with team that didn't run the ball that well, right? And then you end up with Dallas Cowboy running backs. Mm -hmm. You just plug and play. So those are things. I think that are fun to look at too when you're looking at draft impact. Yeah, you'll see the first couple rounds, a lot of teams filling holes on the offensive line or defensive line. I wish the Rams could do that this year, but I don't think they have any draft picks in 2020. So nope. it's not going to happen. So next we have miscellaneous. So a couple random questions. Uh, what's your favorite band of all time? Favorite band of all time? Genre? 
All right, R and B hip hop. It's probably like Jagged Edge. Jagged Edge. Yeah. What about rock or alternative? Probably. Uh, damn, I was just listening to him the other day. Um, Nickelback. Sticks. Sticks. Greatest American band of all time. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> I'll allow that. All right. And uh, you asked me this question last time we talked. Uh, so, what book are you reading? Right now, I'm reading Leadership Strategies and Tactics, Field Jocko. Manual um, by Jocko Willink. I'm almost done with it. And then I'm probably going to move in. I don't know what I'm going to move into. So, okay. something that has to do with like, you know, lifting myself up or something like okay. that. Okay. So, like self improvement stuff. You're not yeah. reading like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or anything nah, like that. I'll mix in like a, a fiction, like every fourth book. Okay. Like, a, like Stephen King or what type? It's usually kids fiction. Like, um, I'm into the Percy Jackson in the Olympian series. Okay. So I've read all those, but they've expanded and expanded. Mm-hmm. I hadn't gotten into it in a few years. So I'm probably going to pick up one, you know, every month and a half or so. Okay. All right. Last one is one piece of advice that you'd offer up for teenage Nate. You could go back in time, talk to yourself, little 16 year old, 120 pound Nate Molinay. It would be to try harder. Uh, I did a lot of, uh, I didn't really study that well. It was more so just being fun and being around people, right? And I cared a lot about what other people's opinions were at the time. I was pretty, I mean, anybody in my class knew who I was, right? Like I was athlete, you know, QB1, um, baseball, (laughs) fucking, I sucked at wrestling, but I did it. But like, it's kind of like the HNIC for my senior class-ish, like kind of just really popular, right? Mm -hmm. And I really cared about what people thought and I didn't focus on like what I needed to do. So I got really crappy grades. I was barely a C student and I guarantee I'm smarter than 95% of those people. Uh, I can learn faster and stuff, but I left a lot of potential on the board. Okay. And I think that would translate into life. All right. So that wraps up like our first real episode where we talked about football. That was exciting. Yeah, it was fun. I think it's good to look at some of these guys, but I'm usually like pretty low key on rookies anyways, unless it's like, I think it's going to get interesting here in a couple of weeks. I think free agency that opens up the middle of March. So kind of curious to see what some of these teams do going into the draft. And then obviously what happens with the draft. All right. So I appreciate you hitting the books, watching some game film and taking the time. Uh, what's next. We have the co-commission myself revealing this year's draft order. So again, Nate, I appreciate the time and uh, sweet dreams. For sure.